0: the importance of the conversation you have with yourself and we're often not mindful of it but I'd often ask people if you're you know listening to this now is thinking what kind of conversation have I had with myself today would I say it's one that's been kind and supportive or would I say it's one that's being judgmental and critical and there's so many conversations going on
1: to The Change, where we share stories and inspiration from servant leaders working to normalize the mental health conversation and increase empathy in business. I'm your host, Adam Baroon. I've spoken often on this podcast about the consulting industry and the way it has historically produced a lot of burnout. Another role that has been known to produce a significant amount of burnout and anxiety, given the constant pressure to succeed and win, as well as its competitive nature, is sales. And here to speak with me today about the relationship between sales and mindset is Chris Hatfield, owner of Sales and My Psyche, an organization dedicated to exploring and improving mindset and anxiety issues in the sales industry. Hey, Chris, welcome to The Change. Hi, Adam. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, I'm um, happy that you're here. And, uh, you know, thanks for joining in from the UK. Um, so let, let's start with this. I know when we spoke before, um, you had mentioned, and also you, you wrote about this on your website, you know, where you got your start um obviously is is in sales working yourself you know in the sales industry and experiencing Mm -hmm. um burnout and anxiety yourself and that ultimately led uh you to create um you know sales psyche and the work that you do today so let's go back there if you will if you want to um kind of take us back to you know your door-to-door sales experience which uh you know, and you described it yourself, that produced severe anxiety, so i I'd like to maybe you know talk a little bit about what that looked like for you,
0: yeah, and I think it well, on the face of it, it looked like that was what produced it, but I think it had always been there, it probably just surfaced it mm-hmm. a bit more um and I feel like that's probably what you know probably comes this later on, but what the pandemic's almost done in the last few years is surface a lot of this stuff, obviously influence mm-hmm. it but but surface it, but yeah, it was um. You know, I'd gone to uni, I'd done the classic thing, I'd come out and I'd done a sports coaching degree and development degree, and you needed experience to get a job, you needed a job to get the experience. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, well, what do I do? And I fell into sales like most people do at the time and wasn't really aware what the job was until almost like day one. I was like, Oh, I'm door knocking, basically. Um, going around selling loft and cavity wall insulation, solar panels, and uh And yeah, it was a real, it was a real tough slog to start off with. It was a a real mental battle above any, anything else. A lot of the time with, of course, particularly commission only, it's, you know, if you don't sell, you don't, you don't know at the end of the day as well. And then of course you're putting more pressure on yourself and you're trying to sell yourself to trust the process. So yeah, it was a, it was a real battle to start off with and something that I constantly sort of thought, you know, this isn't for me or maybe I'm not right for sales. I haven't got the right personality and so on. So,
1: you know, I'm I'm curious, you know, back, well, first of all, around what time frame was this? Like early 2000s or around what time frame were you doing? 2009. Okay. Uh, You know, I'm curious and, and, you know, for me, I've never worked in really in sales. I mean, I've, I've done selling, but I've never really, it's never really been kind of the key role that I've been. So I'm curious back in 2009, you know, you know, way pre pandemic, what sort of tools or dialogue was, was out there for salespeople and in, in regards to anxiety and burnout. I mean, was it even a topic ever discussed?
0: No, it, it it wasn't. And it wasn't, you know, even the words mental health probably was seen as this people, you know, using that phrase as if someone's in a, in an institution, mm, for example. Yeah. Um. And, and no, it wasn't, Uh. you know, that's obviously just around the financial crisis as well Um. around that sort of time. And, yeah, I think people were weren't even talking about mental health then. It was more around the financial impact. So yeah, yeah, it was it was something that, and it sort of inspired me to to, to do what I do now. Because even up until a few years ago, it still wasn't something that is is really talked about or or trained or developed in salespeople intentionally.
1: Yeah, and you know, I know we're gonna I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit, but we're gonna kind of rewind again. But you know, compared to today, I mean, you know, where do you? Where do you look at the industry today, um, the sales industry in relation to anxiety and mental health? Do you think there's been marked improvement? I mean, I know there's organizations like yourself and some other guests I've had on here who are definitely, you know, out there working to help people with anxiety issues and mental health and stuff like that. But overall, I mean, where do you where do you see things today compared to where they were back in 2009?
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot more awareness, but there's it's almost like there's more awareness and everyone knows it's the right thing to do. But the, the problem now is people, one thing saying it, another thing doing it. You know, I project, I shared a video last week, I did a bit of a parody around, you'll get it's Mental Health Awareness Day next week mm-hmm. here in the UK. Um, Oh, actually, I think it might be worldwide actually. Um, And you'll get people posting it on their LinkedIn, probably companies talking about it, but is it just for show? Do they really do something about it. And I think, you know, now is a, is a telling time more than ever, because of course of everything that's going on, a lot of companies are having to be more stricter with budgets. And it's a case of, well, if you say this is really something that is important to you, are you still investing in it? Um, And Gallup have found 94%, I think, of companies have said, yes, they will be continuing to invest, if not increase their investment around this area. So I think there's that intention in around there. And I think also there's that willingness to want to better understand. But still there's a fraction that are, well, back in my day we did X, Y, and Z.
1: Oh yeah. No, I understand. And I, you know, for me, I'm and I've spoken about this before. I'm kind of on the cusp there. I'm a Gen Xer, so I kind of came up with this kind of older business methodology mindset. Um which is why I'm really excited about the work that the Millennials and Gen Z are doing to um to change that really and to to bring People's well-being to the forefront. If you look at popular culture and bringing it back to the UK, you know, I I am so grateful to shows like Ted Lasso that actually, you know, I'm not going to give I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying this, but really the whole season two explores, you know, this this topic around mental health. I'm so grateful that they did that, you know, because just the dialogue around mental health, normalizing it, bringing it into pop- popular culture. You know, you look at uh, Simone Biles and and uh, many of these other athletes that um, are now, you know, if they're not mentally ready to enter a competition, you know, they they kind of bow out and and then they talk about it, and I, and that to me is where the the work is really, um, because it's one thing to have. An organization devoted to helping people with mental health, and I think that's great, but getting people to feel okay to do that, there's, that's really where um, I, you know, with the work that we're doing here on The Change, it's so important to have it be normalized so that people feel okay that they can reach out. And be vulnerable and talk to people. So you know, I'm grateful to people like you that are that are out there that are that understand this and they're really, you know, working to help people. So uh, thank you for that. I want to rewind a little bit, going back to you know when you started out in sales because you talk about um, starting from passion and pain. And you know, if, if you could open up a little bit, you know, you you spoke about severe anxiety that you had encountered. So. You know, what did that look like for you? Did it look like panic attacks? Did it look like, you know, like, what did that look like for you?
0: Yeah, I think it's probably more what it felt like, because what it looked like, I don't think anyone would really be able to tell. And that's the other thing here is, you know, a lot of the time and one of the worst things you can say to someone when they do tell you, maybe open up and share with you is, oh, you don't see the type of person who struggles with X Mm. or is like that. That's one of the worst things you can say to Mm -hmm. someone because of course the person who's struggling never looks like the person who's struggling often as well mm-hmm. um but yeah I suppose going back to the question what it felt like was this I suppose how I use the analogy for people that haven't really experienced it it's a bit like you're at any moment in your life you could be throwing the te- a test that your life depends on you don't know what the questions are you don't know when it's going to happen and you don't know where as well so it's that constant sort of dread and this like pressure, but you, you can't always put your finger on it if you're not. At the time I wasn't self-aware or emotionally intelligent around it to better understand it. So it would, you know, stop me. It would, it would cause me to feel like, oh, I didn't want to do anything with my evenings. Just wanted to sort of cut, cut myself off. And, um, you know, when all these things were happening, I couldn't focus on anything else. I couldn't be present Yeah. with with what I was doing because I was just so consumed by my thoughts and feelings.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I've been there and I've been there many times actually. I mean, even though I talk about this subject on this podcast, um, it's, it's still something that I encounter and it's something that, uh, you know, for me, what it feels like is it's almost like one wrong move and all the dominoes fall, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's just like, the pressure of just making the right choice, making the right decision. And and more and more, what I'm trying to remind myself of and be mindful of is kind of this idea around manifestation where, you know, when I find myself in these times where, oh my God, like this is it, like one wrong move and everything that I've worked so hard to build is going to go away. When I find myself going there I remind myself, you know what? I've actually been here before many times. It's always worked out i've th- the the chips have never fallen. I've always figured out something or some solution, and so just kind of trusting the universe is there with me, um that I'm not alone that like you know that that there is this kind of like spiritual or or you know just wisdom that is there with me that is going to help guide me. And, you know, it's hard to do. It's not easy. And I forget to go back to that kind of mindset space. Um, but I wanna kind of explore mindset with you next. So, you know, and me just kind of sharing how I, you know, work to get myself back to a place of being in charge and in control, where I where I don't feel like I'm out of control. Like, you know, talk to us about mindset, you know, and, and with your, your program that you um, work with, individuals and companies that you work with, like, you know, how do you explain mindset? How do you work with people on mindset?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've probably do 20 episodes, 30, 40, 50 episodes on this. Um, and yeah, thank you for sharing that manifestation piece. I think also, you know, one thing that um, sometimes comes up when I talk about that with sales is they're like, Oh, well it, it did happen this one time. Like this call didn't go well or the, I didn't hit target, but then we have something called probability overestimation where we'll, we'll take one thing and we'll then think we won't actually factor in how many times has it happened. So it's going, well, if that has happened, how many times have you made that call? Or how many meetings have you had? Or how many quarters have you had? Oh, well, it happened once out of the 50, 60 calls I made today. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So that's not many then, is it? That's that's hardly anything. So why are you placing all your all your effort and time around there? But coming back to the mindset piece, I think one of the things that I, I talk about a lot is that we talk so much in sales about better understanding uh, our product, our prospects, company, where we're going. But if you don't understand yourself and the conversation you have with yourself, you're not really going to be able to fully commit to all of those things. And self-talk, there's a great book, uh, Chatter by Ethan Cruz around this. And you know, he talks about the importance of the conversation you have with yourself. And we're often not mindful of it, but. I'd often ask people if you're, you know, listening to this now is thinking, what kind of conversation have I had with myself today? Would I say it's one that's been kind and supportive? Or would I say it's one that's being judgmental and critical? And there's so many conversations going on. I mean, I'll give you a little, a little stat Mm -hmm. uh, here. I mean, on average, we can talk about 130 words per minute. We can type about 70. Uh, For those of the listeners who know Eminem, rap God, 260 words per minute is one of the fastest minutes in that song Mm -hmm. our self-talk is between 800 and 1200 words per minute wow so stick yourself on times 10 that's what's going on in your brain pretty much every single minute of the day so i think you know that's the one of the most important places to start is thinking about how do i better understand and become more mindful of what i'm telling myself and how do i not necessarily stop my thoughts but how do i understand and challenge them in the right way
1: absolutely um and i've spoken you know several times on this podcast about tara brock and the rain method um and you know rain being an acronym for i think it's recognize allow investigate nurture and that nurture part i mean so when i was working on rain with my coach Kristen taylor you know the the nurturing part of it was the most challenging because you know we would i would be in a conversation with my coach and you know she'd say okay well you know, what can you say right now? Like we'd, we'd be talking about some subject and she's like, well, what can you say right now that's that's nurturing, that's positive? And I would say, I'd have to think about that for a while. And it would be, it was a struggle. It was a challenge. It's weird that we don't have, or many of us that suffer from this, We it's hard. Like it's it doesn't come easy, that self-nurturing, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it is probably the most critical aspect of mindset is just, you know we were so hard on ourselves and I don't know why it is maybe it's something you know in human nature to to drive us to to improve I don't know what it is or why but um, the fact of the matter is that for many people it's really difficult um, one thing that has helped me with that is is journaling because the process of journaling is you are dedicating time to yourself you're putting yourself in a quiet space of reflection And there is no rush. You could just sit there and take as much time as you want to get the words out on paper. And so, you know, that's something I would recommend um, to people that are that are wanting to, you know, improve or start to focus on more positive self-talk. Just you know try journaling. I want to also I didn't mention it earlier and, and you brought up about your podcast. So definitely check out um Chris's podcast. It's called The Hey Psyche How Do I Podcast. It's fantastic. The format is really easily consumable. They're not long episodes and the content is really um interesting and engaging. So uh I believe it's available on on all the podcast platforms. Yeah. Awesome. Um yeah very cool so let's get back into your program you um you write about the three steps to healthier minds attention awareness and action so you know can you go there for us and and explain you know how that comes together
0: yeah i think you know first of all it's it's shining a light on on some of these areas and topics that we maybe take for granted or don't realize are impacting our our mindset and our mental health and well-being and and before you've got to do that you've got to educate and understand like what is that and then by doing that and understanding more it's raising that level of self-awareness because we've all been there where we're feeling a certain thing but we can't quite label it we don't quite understand it we think well i'm doing everything i was last week or yesterday but i'm not seeing the same results like what's the problem here Mm -hmm. we get frustrated but a lot of the time it won't be what you're doing that's changed it's probably what you're thinking and Mm -hmm. the lens in which you're looking at the world through as well has changed um, so that's where that awareness piece comes in. And then, of course, the action is, well, once you've become aware of that is, well, what kind of tools and structures do you use to, to shift that piece? Because, of course, you can't control your emotions. You can manage them. You can only control what you can control. But a lot of the time, and going back to your point earlier on, I think one of the reasons why we often struggle with or constantly focus on the negatives is, our brain is sort of hardwired to keep us alive and that primitive part of the brain is constantly thinking well if we get too comfortable then you know this might happen so we can't afford to and Mm -hmm. i often say like you know kindness doesn't equal complacency giving yourself credit recognizing these things doesn't mean you're taking your foot off the gas but We're striving often so much for the next thing that when we get there, we very rarely actually take time to appreciate it.
1: I'm so happy that you brought that up because we've, uh, there's many episodes we've published here that talk about the nervous system, that talk about trauma, past experiences and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of having that awareness and that way of thinking where, you know, if... If, you're, if you find yourself repeating behaviors, re- repeating thought processes, I mean, you know, that is a place to explore, like, you know, where is this coming from? Like a lot of times our nervous system, like you said, designed for survival, right? Um, the fight, flight and fawn responses or freeze They're it's designed to keep us alive and so you know we were here in the year 2022 with you know such modern ways of being and thinking but at the same time we are you know this history of you know our entire human species evolving over time you know it really was just the last couple hundred years where you know we've you know switched into industry and business and You know, where none of us, you know, most of us are not fleeing from bears constantly, right? Or or tigers and stuff like that. But that's how our nervous system was designed to keep us alive and, and to help us survive. And just having that awareness, I think, is helpful to, you know, when you're finding yourself a certain way of thinking like, okay, so it's not that I'm a bad person or something's wrong with me. It's just that my, you know, my brain has evolved, you know, like all of us. To want to wanna first go into this kind of reaction, this negative, you know, way of thinking just as a survival tactic. But it doesn't define me. It doesn't mean I am who I am. And then the other thing I, I'm so happy that you mentioned, too, is, you know, you talked about, you know, seeing, you know, we all see the world through different lenses, through different perspective. And I think it's really important to highlight that because, you know, we've often confine ourselves you know, thinking one way and thinking that's the way that everybody else must think. But, you know, we have our own belief systems and it's, it's very empathetic and and very much a good practice to kind of, you know, call ourselves out when we kind of find ourselves maybe, you know, feeling that, oh, somebody else must think the same way as me. So, you know, Mm. they must be wrong or whatever. So, you know, I, I just, I think it's helpful to to have this dialogue around perspective and belief systems and you know, this understanding that we all come from different experiences and different backgrounds and uh, we all deal with things differently. So the point of everything I'm trying to say is, you know, we don't need to continue always to beat ourselves up. It's really important to just let ourselves off the hook and be kind to ourselves and to nurture ourselves. Even though we may not think the same way as somebody else, it doesn't mean that we're wrong or we're bad. It's just, you know, we have different belief systems and different lenses, right?
0: Mm. I think another thing as well, we're so quick to label things very sort of binary as in like good or bad. Yeah. And, you know, there is no such thing as a good or bad emotion. There is only an emotion. It's our perception or reaction that turns it into a positive or negative. Anxiety is not a negative emotion. It's not a positive emotion. It's an emotion. Same with stress. They're like signals. That's all they are. But we often see them as threats. We... They're designed to be a smoke alarm going off in the house, but we see them as if the house is already on fire. Right. And the simplest example of this is when you're thirsty. When you're thirsty, you don't go, oh, oh, I hope I don't get thirsty today. You don't go when you're thirsty, oh God, I'm thirsty. Like, what do I do? <laughs> but you don't go, I'm not, imagine if I didn't drink for another week or two or a month, what would happen? You see it as a signal as, oh, okay, I'm thirsty. I should get some water. Right. But we don't see that, and I'm not saying just by thinking about it, it's looking that way, but it's getting to the point where you can look at all emotions like that as a signal rather than this threat that you've got to fight against. It's there to benefit you. It's not trying to disrupt you. It's just how you look at it and the kind of ways you utilize it.
1: So that statement you just made just got me um, thinking about, first of all, I love your marketing on your website, your, your videos, your marketing team, or if you're doing those yourself, Awesome kudos to you i I think they're fantastic and that you know your statement just reminded me of your video that you have on why do we go to the gym to work out our our physical strength i mean you know the idea around mental health it's like something we need to work out so tell us about that concept if you will
0: yeah i think it's it's almost like we have this almost subconscious one and done approach sometimes where we'll either work on something or we'll get to a certain place and then we'll be like oh do you know what i was in such a good headspace yesterday or Sunday night I felt really positive about today and now I've woken up or last month I felt really good and now I'm not. And it's just that we have this feeling of, oh well, once I'm there, that's where I'll always be. But I've heard it you phrases like the surfer mentality and Simon Sinek talks a bit about this in the Infinite Game as well. But you know, when surfers are kind of riding this wave, they're enjoying the moment, but they're understanding that this wave can only go on for a certain period of time and that wave is gonna crash at some point and that's okay and it's just being prepared for it not trying to chase it for too long but understanding that either you're going to fall down or if not you can just go back to where you were before and then look for the next wave because it's not the only one that you're going to experience but we almost have this mentality sometimes that when we're on this wave this is where we're always going to be and then when we fall off it we're like what happened where did this go and we, we start beating ourselves up about it which causes us probably to sink further underwater and to stay there because we're not actually recognising that What a lot of people do, I think, is confuse happiness with excitement. And those waves are often those peaks of excitement rather than happiness. And we go chasing it, thinking this is the constant that we should achieve, whereas happiness is more like the kind of current in the ocean and and excitement are the waves there.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard that analogy before, but I absolutely love it. Because actually, when you were just describing it, and I'm not a surfer, but my wife is, and she's actually in the water right now. But, uh, you know, this euphoria of riding that wave... But very often, at the end of the wave, you're getting thrown off the wave. You're getting thrown down to the bottom of the ocean. You don't know where you are. You have to get to the top and get your breath. And then, oh, my God, there's another set coming in. So, um, very, very cool analogy. I mean, that's just how life kind of works out. And, you know, it's very true what you're saying. I mean, it's something we always need to work on. And, you know, where I found myself actually this year with that was, you know, Last year was a very pivotal year for me. It was a foundational year. Um, it's when I started this podcast. It's when I kind of, you know, just really started kind of reshaping the way I think, my thought processes, and, and all the work behind this, right? And it was a fantastic year. 2021 was just probably the best year of my, of my life, just where I was at with everything. And 2022 started off really difficult, really difficult, really a lot of painful stuff with work and finances and, and a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, I found myself kind of going down this rabbit hole of thinking, man, I, I worked so hard. Last year was so great. What the hell is going on right now? This is this is not what I worked so hard for. And And I forgot, you know, I forgot that, you know what? It's constant work. It's constant and it's never not going to be constant. You know, I think it's OK to get to this place where we think, you know what, the work I'm doing isn't to, like, get to a place where life is just going to be so easy, because I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's not a reality. But the work is to get to a place where we can remember the tools that put us back on track, um, you know, and, and further to that. I mean, just the keeping us on track and and constantly, even if we're feeling great, just continuing to do the journaling and the things that keep us balanced, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I started um boxing a couple of years ago and my coach said to me, No matter how hard you train, you're still gonna get punched in the head. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's it's not we have this mindset of thinking, well, if we work on this, we should never feel like that or we should never struggle with this or we should never get anxious or stressed. And then when we do, we're like, oh, it's failed. Why am I doing this? It doesn't work. Journaling doesn't work manifestation no it does it's it's not stopping from the happening it's being able to better understand when it does how to bring yourself back and and get back onto that wave as we were talking about or at least on top of the ocean um around it and just knowing that you're, you're never going to stop those things from happening not stop giving yourself that self compassion as you mentioned earlier on and not beating yourself up about it when it happens but becoming more of an observer of it and recognizing when it does
1: yeah and this kind of leads into the next topic i wanted to 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 go with you, which is around habits. You mentioned um, on your website that habits make up about 50% of our day-to-day life. Developing positive habits and replacing ineffective ones leads to better choices and behaviors that lay the foundation for success. So talk to us a little bit about that. And then I wanna you know go into the work that you're doing with Sales Psyche.
0: Yeah, sure, so I think we can become too, or we are, as, a, as a, I suppose, particularly in sales or anything in business, in life, whether you have them or not overly focused on goals and, and under-focused under or not focused at all on on habits. You know, we have these goals of what we want to achieve, but it all comes down to, well, what's the tangible habit you're going to do to get there? Because if you don't have that, the goal will just remain this, this goal with no real footpath. It's like, going, I want to climb that mountain, but if you don't identify the footpath and then why you want to climb it in the first place, then you're not going to get there. And I think, you know, habits are so important because they save brain power. They allow us to utilize that energy more effectively. Um, And one of the biggest things around habits is understanding the cues is understanding Mm -hmm. what triggers your habits. And when you're trying to deal with bad habits, a lot of the time we try and erase them, which doesn't work, which is why like 86% of people give up on their new year's resolutions by the end of January, because they try and take something away and, you had your favorite one of your favorite meals in front of you right now and I took it away, you'd just be constantly thinking, Why are you taking my food away? <laughs> <laughs> what are you replacing it with? And it comes down to away focused and towards focused as well. Like a lot of the time we're like, Oh, I want to stop watching so much TV, I wanna stop going on my phone so much. But that isn't a that isn't a good goal or a healthy habit because right. you can't measure it, you can't work towards it. It's not something that's good to think about. So yeah. I mean, there's, there's the five different habit cues that I can, I can share a bit more about, um, that, that trigger that, but it's, it's understanding that. And then always understanding for me, I, I used I put this into practice, uh, last year, I lost 16 and a half kilos in about five or six months of, of working out, but mainly a lot of it came down to habits. Mm-hmm. And I was always reminding myself, I'm not craving the thing I'm craving, the feeling it gives me Mm. I'm not craving the chocolate. I'm not craving the alcohol. I'm not craving any of that. I'm craving the feeling that internal trigger that I'm looking to resolve. As long as I can identify that and find a more productive and healthier way of achieving it.
1: Right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about sales psyche. Um, tell us about the work that you do. Um, you know, what sort of results you're seeing and, uh, you know, also the, my psyche part of this, because I know that, um, a lot of what you do isn't, isn't directly targeted for salespeople, but also for, you know, people in general.
0: Yeah, I think it's the, you know, the difference between sales and my psyche, the sales is focused on your customer success, your account managers, your sales, SDRs. My psyche is more of those, maybe like tech teams, support teams, and so on in there. Um, the, the content doesn't differ. I mean, in terms of what we do, we do a mixture of, we do confidential one-to-one days, which are coaching where anyone in the business can book one of these and come in and talk about anything from what we've spoken about today, along with things like imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. managing emotions, better understanding of motivation. And we don't reveal who's booked them. We don't reveal what they talk about. And it's just that nice open space to use proactively. Going back to that gym analogy, a bit like you'd use a personal trainer at the gym. Because therapy and counselling is a great tool, but not everyone is ready or necessarily needs to speak to a therapist or counsellor straight away. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to speak to someone who's been there in your shoes and understands what you're going through. So along with that, we provide morning mindset sessions as well with the short, sharp tools, anchoring exercises, and then more bespoke programs and workshops where we'll work through some of these topics on a on a bigger scale And utilise them in interactive workshops, bespoke podcasts, and other formats as well. With some coaching um, intertwined there, but it's you know the main aim and what we've been seeing is improving mental wellbeing. We use the World Health Organization's five scale model. We've seen an increase of around seventeen percent with companies we've worked with. We've recently developed a resilience test that Mm -hmm. we're starting to use as a baseline to better understand where people are before and after working with them as well, and. Um, you know, we've, we've worked with over a thousand people already and, uh, there's no one that's disagree with a statement that Sell Psyche like he has positively impacted my mental health.
1: Good. And now do you mostly work with companies or do, do you work with people one-on-one that hire, hire you guys or, or how does that work?
0: Uh, mainly companies. Yeah. So companies will, uh, pay a subscription fee for the one-to-one days Mm -hmm. and then obviously pay for the programs as well and particularly focus around SaaS and tech. So the likes of Meta, um, Aircall, Clavio, Vidyard to name a few Mm -hmm. that we work with. Okay.
1: Now, this is something I wanted to kind of wrap up with you also, which is around, you know, what are companies doing today to improve mental health? I mean, you know, hiring companies like yours, obviously one of them. But, you know, where if you're looking, you know, just across business in general, um, you know, we earlier in this podcast, we spoke about, you know, how companies are starting to understand and recognize the importance of mental health. So what are some things that companies are doing or can do so that people, you know, can can start to see you know, the types of companies that are offering these things being the companies that they wanna work for.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know, as you mentioned, you can utilize people uh, like myself, but what I'll, what I'll share now, there isn't any cost to it. It's having the right intention behind it as well. And I think it's no longer, and it never should have been a perk, it's basic hygiene that, that we need to be focusing on now because it's not a case of just thinking, oh, this is a nice thing to offer. Uh, I think first of all, it's, it's addressing the elephant in the room. It's, you know, when people come into organisations and into the role is also addressing the things that they might go through that aren't the positive experiences. You know, we talk about here's the vision, this is what we can achieve, this is what you can progress, this is what you can earn. But hey, here's how you're going to feel in a few weeks when maybe this doesn't go to plan, whether it's in a sales role when you're not doing well with these calls or when you have your first knockback working on this project or you have this tough call here's what you're going to experience and when you do come speak to me about it because it's completely natural it's completely fine and just signposting better i think is a really good way because if we don't that's where people are like they've mentioned all the great stuff but they haven't mentioned all of this maybe i'm the odd one out maybe Mm. i'm not right for this business and so on secondly i think it's providing the space for people to be able to so leaders um you know starting with this in one-to-ones for example and changing the type of conversation rather than going how have you been or how was your weekend or so on is you know we were so focused leaders a lot of the time of getting their teams to ask better questions to customers and prospects but they don't really practice what they preach Mm -hmm. so change the question up scaling questions are a great way to start this conversation on a scale of one to ten how have you been feeling recently or how are you how are you managing with the energy crisis at the moment or the cost of living how are you coping with that like make it more directive yeah. for someone yeah, yep. and also realise that you're not there to fix everything so a lot of the time leaders or organisations think we can't talk about this because what happens if someone says this and we don't know how to fix it Right. you're not there to fix it and humans, humans have this thing of thinking well if someone's told me this problem I need to fix it otherwise they're going to think I'm inadequate but it's not a case it's providing that space for people to talk out loud where they often want to just be heard so exactly. I think it's addressing the elephant in the room and I think it's leaders leading by example and changing that conversation from the start.
1: Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Um, I think it's really you know needed, and it's really admirable that that you're out there, you know, doing what you're doing to help people. So thank you so much for that, and thank you for being my guest here today.
0: You're welcome, Adam. Really enjoyed it. And um, you know, if anyone has any other questions around this, feel free to connect to me on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Thanks, Chris.
1: Chris's inspiration for sales in my psyche started from passion and pain, a passion for wanting to impact and reach as many sales reps and managers as possible, to help equip them with a better understanding of their sales potential and mental well-being. The pain side of things stemmed from his suffering from severe anxiety since he started his sales career, doing door-to-door sales. This evoked the drive and focus in him to enable salespeople and others with their mindset and mental health. You can read more about Chris on our website, eiqmediallc.com slash change, as well as via his podcast, Hey Psyche, How Do I? Our theme song and sound engineering was provided by Shane Sufridi. You can listen to more of Shane's music at www.shanesufridi.com. If you have a story to share about making a difference in the lives of people you lead, or if you want to tell us what you think about our podcast, send me an email at thechange at eiqmediallc.com. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. On The Change.
0: The Change is produced and distributed by eIQ Media, LLC. Elevate your emotional
1: IQ with podcasts and content focused on leadership, mental
0: health, entrepreneurship, and more.